Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. It is Greeny on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests will appear via the Shell Pennzoil performance line. I am Matt Jones filling in for Greeny along with Joe Fortenbaugh. An exciting day of NFL games yesterday now has transitioned into some big news, breaking news. Right before we come on the air here, Dwayne Haskins has been released by the Washington football team less than two years after being the 15th pick in the draft. I'm in the show. I wanted to talk about the Packers. I wanted to talk about the Chiefs. But there's something about human beings that we tend to focus on train wrecks. And the Dwayne Haskins experiment has seemed to be doomed from the beginning. But I have to tell you, I was surprised to hear releasing a player that you started yesterday one week before you play the game to win your division. I'm not sure. I bet that has never happened in the history of the NFL. Are you surprised? I am not. I am not because Dwayne Haskins is a toxic football player. I'm not going to call him a toxic person because I don't necessarily know too much about what his life is like off the field, but he is a toxic football player. Make no mistake about it. Ron Rivera and the Washington football team were not starting him this weekend because they thought he was going to turn things around after the incident the week before. They started him out of desperation. Henneke wasn't going to be the guy. The thought process was probably something like this. Haskins is a first-round pick, and while he has a very, very low floor, he could, he could, in theory, have a decent performance against a Carolina defense that ranks in the bottom half of the league defending the pass. And because they're in a playoff chase, they decided to give it a go. It was a disaster. Credit Rivera for yanking him out of the game. But now there's one game left, win and in for the Washington football team, and there was no way you could have Dwayne Haskins in the locker room this week because every time any member of that coaching staff, any member of that team looks at him, they see a toxic individual. They see an individual who puts himself above the team, who puts his own personal gratification above the sacrifice of everyone else in that locker room who's trying to get to the playoffs. So credit Rivera for making the move now. I know a lot of people thought he should have done it last week. They had no other options. And I also think this is probably a good sign that maybe Alex Smith is getting closer, Matt Jones, to being healthy enough to play this weekend because the move happened so early in the week. But it sends the right message to the locker room, and now this team can turn away from the distraction that is Dwayne Haskins, and they can move into the weekend looking to beat the Eagles on Sunday Night Football. I understand what you're saying, but on some level, I just want to take a step back. Because if this is about what happened off the field, ultimately, what happened off the field happened last week. And you as an organization made a decision that whatever that was, was not bad enough that he couldn't start on Sunday. Sunday, whatever happened with with, with pictures, with people, and the, you know he was not wearing his mask, all that stuff. It was not enough to make it to where he couldn't start on Sunday. So you start him, he plays poorly. Unless something happened after the game or in the locker room, I don't understand how you as an organization, how it makes sense to let him go the next day. I mean, let's remember, this team is playing to go to the playoffs and win the division, and they're win and they're in. And they made a decision, and I'm not saying it's the wrong one, to play a guy who has played now one half in the NFL most people don't even know. I mean, I think he's from Old Dominion. I mean, nobody knows anything about his past or his history. They've made the decision to go with him and to say, I don't even want you to come back. 
This goes back to my whole problem with the Washington football team in general. If what they did, if what Haskins did was so bad, he's toxic, like you said. So we got to get him out. Then why is he playing Sunday? Clearly, had he played well Sunday, it wouldn't have been so toxic you had to get him out. You'd have kept playing him. So, it, again, like even when they try to make a statement, it always looks inept. And everything with a Daniel Snyder team ends up – they find a way, even when they make the right decision, Joe, to make it poorly. And I find that to be fascinating how a, a franchise can always screw up in such a way. Agreed. And under Snyder, that's what they do best. But I believe, I'm not going to say I know, but I'm going to say that I believe if Rivera had it his way, Haskins wouldn't have even been on this team to start the season. I, you I'm, were telling I'm, me earlier about how he ended up on the team. I find it a, an, an interesting thing, which I don't think a lot of people know. Right. I, I, I am of the belief that Dwayne, Has, Dwayne Haskins was selected by the, Reds, by the Washington football team Excuse me, last year because he went to the same high school as Daniel Snyder's kids. That was the scouting report. Right? Yeah, that that's was the truth. Snyder's... He went to the same high school as the kids. Right, exactly. So Jay Gruden, who was the head coach at the time for Washington last year, what's he going to say? What's he going to do? Washington has a tumultuous, brutal offseason in which they need to make changes. Here comes Ron Rivera. Very well respected amongst his peers, amongst players, amongst everybody in the NFL. And he's there to clean it up. And my theory is that he came in and he told Snyder he doesn't want Haskins. And Snyder said, well, Haskins is the guy. So I think the only way Rivera was going to take that job was if he was eventually going to have control over the quarterback situation. I'm guessing that there was probably a discussion that we'll go with Haskins early, but if he doesn't get it done and he doesn't show the work ethic, we're going to move on. So they gave him a chance early in the season, and then they moved away from him. This guy has now been benched for Kyle Allen, Alex Smith, and Taylor Henneke in the same season. This guy... Only played 13 games. He only started 13 games before he was cut by Washington. Jamarcus Russell started 25 games in his NFL career. He barely made it to the halfway point of the Jamarcus Russell career, which is widely regarded by many as the biggest draft bust in NFL history. So I still give, I still give Washington credit. They got one week to go to get into the playoffs. I think this is going to be a huge positive for the locker room moving forward in a game against the Philadelphia team that has literally no motivation to go out and win on Sunday night because they're the only team in the division, Matt Jones, that's been eliminated from the playoffs. It's Greeny here on ESPN Radio, Matt Jones and Joe Fortenbaugh. I, I find the football team, just as an organization, to be so inept. And it's interesting you mentioned Ron Rivera because he is so well-respected across the league. He may be one of the most respected figures in football, not just what he's been through personally, but the success he had in Carolina as a player, et cetera. And yet he is sandwiched by people at the top and his players by folks that seem like completely inept the owner is in such tr i don't know that you can have success in washington with daniel snyder as the owner he is having so many off the field problems much more serious than the fact that the team's not playing well and so he's got him as his boss and then below him a quarterback who are there are all these issues but i just am amazed you mentioned you kept saying the word toxic. How toxic do you have to be that you can't even hold them for one more week? I mean, what if Taylor Henneke gets hurt and Alex Smith can't go? Who's playing then? I mean, I, at that point, you don't. You are so rid of this guy. You don't even want him in that scenario. I I would be interested to see if there's ever been a scenario in the NFL, and I can't think of it. Maybe somebody can, where you started a week. The next week is for the playoffs, a huge game, and you're off the team, 
And yet, we don't know anything that happened in between those two instances. Whatever it was that sort of led them to let him go happened before they chose to start him. I just, Joe, I can't understand. It would be so hard to be a fan of the football team. I mean, you get a great name now. You're the football God team. Bless God bless them. God bless those would people be, for rooting for them. How could you do it? Because every week it seems like it's embarrassing even more than it was the last one. Hire good people and let them do their job right? It's not that difficult to hire good people. We see that happen around professional sports all the time. The problem is whether or not the owners can let them do their job. Snyder can't stay out of the way. The Haskins pick and everything in between with Robert Griffin III and the Shanahan family when they were there coaching, he couldn't get out of the way. It didn't work. Jerry Jones, he can hire good people, but he cannot get out of the way in Dallas. And I What's love the last Jerry great Jones. moment, Joe? I mean, like, if you're a football team fan, What's the last moment of happiness that you've had? Is it the first year of RG3? Is that probably... You were 14 nothing up on the Seahawks in the wild card game in, I want to say, 2012 when Mike Shanahan was a coach, Kyle Shanahan was the OC, um, Sean McVay was on that staff. Like, yes. Think about how loaded that staff was. You had a 14 nothing lead on Seattle, Griffin got hurt, and you blew the lead. That was probably the last great moment for the Washington football team. And by great, we're using a very loose definition here. I've always thought it's one thing to have a tortured fan base where where you never have success, like, say, the Detroit Lions. You know, somebody that's just – they're just used – part of being a fan is knowing that they're always going to stink. But when you're, a, when you're a franchise that you know has had success, that you've experienced that, and then it goes away, sort of like in college, Indiana basketball or Nebraska football. Like you used to feel this, and now it's been ripped, and you wonder how it will ever come back. I don't know how you do that. But maybe somebody that can help us understand is Kimberly Martin. She is ESPN's NFL writer and reporter based in Washington, in the Washington area. And Kimberly, with this news, you were one of the first people I saw to report it. Did anything happen between the game yesterday and today that made this situation untenable, or was this all based on things that happened prior to the game? I think a lot more is going to come out this week, but as somebody, I'm not based in Washington, but I did cover the Washington team uh, for the Washington Post a few years ago. So I know this franchise, and Ron Rivera is somebody who you got to watch his actions and not necessarily what he says to the media. And this whole week was an example of how to ruin your NFL career in a matter of days. I think it's the cumulative effect of not just what transpired this week, but I think it's, this was almost like the final straw. What we had with the second COVID violation from Dwayne Haskins, you know, he previously um, had a COVID violation. And, and it's just the behind the scenes. Is this kid working hard? Does this kid understand what it takes to be an NFL quarterback? Does this, and I don't want to call him a kid in a disparaging way. He's 23 years old. But does this first round pick understand what's at stake? Is he self-aware? And I think there were a lot, when you talk to people in the building and around the league, you didn't get the sense that, that it was clicking. Even though Dwayne Haskins was having conversations whether it be with Doug Williams or whether it be with other people in the organization, that he, he didn't understand everything that was at stake. And here's a team in this division that could make the playoffs still. And he's, you know, not wearing a mask at this birthday party for his girlfriend. He's playing poorly. He's, you know, his demeanor within the huddle, his demeanor behind the scenes, 
um, I think this was just finally the last straw where, you know, we knew Dwayne Haskins' time in Washington was going to be short-lived. I don't think we expected that he would be cut today, a day after trying to win a, a potential playoff clinching game. But here we are. Kimberly, so what's the plan Sunday against Philadelphia? It's the final game of the day, the Sunday night game. It's a win-and-in scenario for Washington. The fact that they were willing to cut Haskins today on Monday, does that mean Alex mm-hmm. Smith might be closer to returning? It does not. It means that Washington and Ron Rivera are very hopeful. They are. It is wishful thinking. I don't want to say it's wishful thinking. They are hopeful on Monday that we get through the week and that Alex will say, hey, my calf is good to go. They were waiting up until Sunday morning, yesterday. And I spoke to Ron Rivera before the game. It was a 4 o'clock game, and I spoke to him around uh, 9.30 yesterday morning and asked him had he made the decision on the starter. And he was still hoping Alex would be able to go. But really and truthfully, as the week went on, there was less and less optimism about Alex's for right calf. So, you know, and, and that's to the point where Alex could barely move around on the field and start in the game, but they were still hoping he could be the guy instead of Haskins. Now Haskins is out the picture, and Ron Rivera announced earlier this morning that Taylor Heineke, who replaced Dwayne Haskins yesterday, would be the starter if Alex is unable to go in this very crucial win-or-go-home scenario against Philly. It's Greeny here on ESPN Radio. Joe Fortenbaugh, Matt Jones, talking to Kimberly Martin, ESPN's NFL writer. I'll get you out with this. Is there? I, I, I still don't understand totally how, after you start him yesterday, you let him go today. But is it the case that there was sort of, for lack of a better word, toxicity with him that you just couldn't have him in the locker room, Dwayne Haskins, before such a big game Sunday? <clears throat> toxicity that I haven't heard about toxicity but I think what the frustration is here is the the stakes are so high for this team given everything this team has been through from a COVID situation we all have been through with COVID restrictions uh, Ron Rivera's cancer treatment um, it's just that lack of self-awareness that understanding of I am the leader of this team I have to sacrifice you know, his former teammates from Ohio State, Chase Young, Terry McLaurin, all these guys are younger than him, and they, uh, these guys understand what needs to happen, what they need to do, how to be professionals. And here you have a quarterback who you can't necessarily trust, um, even in a game and behind the scenes to do what needs to be done. So I think, I don't want to label it toxicity, but I just think if you're going to rest, like have your franchise rely on this guy, he needs to be somebody that you can trust to make wise decisions. And to this point, Dwayne Haskins has not proven himself to be that guy. Kimberly Martin, ESPN's NFL reporter. Thank you very much. We appreciate your time. No problem. Thanks for having me, guys. No problem. Greeny is presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who save with Progressive save over $750 on average, which is awesome. What wasn't awesome yesterday, Joe, was the performance of the Kansas City Chiefs. You know, I have a rule. I try to never gamble on the Falcons games either way because whatever happens will completely disappoint you no matter what side you pick. And so on paper, that looked like the easiest game in the world for the Chiefs. Of course they're going to win. They're at home and they're playing the Falcons who have nothing to play for. And then Falcons had many chances to win. It was probably Patrick Mahomes' worst performance of the last two years maybe. 
Do you think it's a big deal, or is it just a one-off thing that when you play the Falcons, the world is going to be weird? Well, you got to ask yourself, is it the Falcons game we're concerned with, or is it the fact that over the last few weeks, Kansas City hasn't looked like the Kansas City that we remember blowing people out early in the season and last season? This team has failed to cover the point spread in six straight games. So there are gamblers out there who are looking at them thinking, you got backdoored against Miami, you got backdoored against Tampa Bay, you guys aren't bringing down the curtain the way you used to. So there's some concern there. But ultimately, let's do a quick comparison and ask ourselves, is there really anything to be concerned about with this football team? Last year, the Super Bowl year, they went 12-4. and Right now, they're 14-1, and and they're on a 10-game winning streak. All right? Last year, they beat opponents by an average of 8.9 points per game. This year, they're beating the opposition by an average of 8.5 points per game. Last year, they were plus 8 in turnover differential. This year, they're plus 7 in turnover differential. But so no. last year, Joe, they were all those stats got better as the year went on. This year, the stats have all gotten worse. Does that matter? I'll give you a stat. 10 straight wins. 10 straight wins. That's the stat. That's the thing I'm focused on because lesser teams in these tight games, the game that got blown against Tampa Bay late, the game against Miami that got really dicey, yesterday's game against Atlanta, the lesser teams in the NFL find ways to lose those games. Look at Cleveland. Look at the Rams last week against the Jets. Those teams find ways to lose, whereas Kansas City, while it's not pretty, it's not a Van Gogh, they still find ways to win, and that's why I still have the utmost confidence in them. Because once they get to the playoffs, I'm assuming they're just going to take their game up another level because they've been there. Maybe that's a false assumption. Maybe I'm getting into dangerous territory with that. But they've won 10 straight. They're 14-1. and one. Only a team like that could be criticized because they're not doing it in as, as pretty a fashion as they have in the past. But the last team we criticized like that was Baltimore, and in the playoffs, that ended up being correct. We did this same thing with Baltimore. People would point out that they weren't playing as well towards the end of the year, and then folks would go, but look at their record. It's going to be fine, and then the playoffs came, and all those weaknesses showed up. What surprised me yesterday, Joe, was how much Patrick Mahomes made mistakes, how often, that he never makes. I mean, he is – I find him to be maybe the most compelling uh, figure right now in sports because I just can't take my eyes off of him when he plays. But he was making basic throws that were poor that he hasn't really done in the last two years. Now, I don't think he's all of a sudden forgotten how to play football, but there is something different. The same thing happened against Miami. It's the same. It doesn't click. Used to be to beat Kansas City, you had to do what the Raiders did. You had to score 40 points. You know, Atlanta almost won by scoring 14. That is different, isn't it? It's a fair criticism. I would say that in a situation like this, I'd be more inclined to defer to what I've seen from him over the last few years, an MVP, a Super Bowl, and everything in between, than I would to look at yesterday's performance and say something might be wrong. I think a guy like him is entitled to a bad game, which is what yesterday was. It was not a very good game for Patrick Mahomes, but Mahomes has done so much over the last few years. Look at the standard we hold him to. Mahomes has joined that Kobe Bryant, LeBron James type of rarefied air where the slightest statistical drop in production is going to have all of us on the radio and on TV and in the newspapers questioning whether or not something's wrong. Nothing's wrong. Just a bad game. He's a human being. But because we've watched him be otherworldly, superhuman over the last three years, this is a surprise to us. It's definitely a surprise to me. I mean, there were two interceptions he threw, which I've never seen him throw interceptions like that before, where he just didn't see a guy or there was somebody. That's just not Patrick Mahomes. And 
I don't know if it means anything, but it is a little different. If the Chiefs have a weakness, we'll answer more about it next. Greeny, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Dwayne Haskins' career in Washington, already over after less than two years. It's Greeny on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app, presented by Progressive Insurance. I'm Matt Jones. Joe Fortenbaugh joins me. We are filling in for Greeny, and we are now happy to be joined by a friend of mine, my former co-host, Jeff Schwartz, with the aptly named host of the podcast, Jeff Schwartz is Smarter Than You, which... I didn't even. I can't even imagine a better podcast name for Jeff Schwartz. But Jeff, I appreciate you coming on, and I'll start with the Dwayne Haskins news. Were you surprised that a player that the Washington Football Team started yesterday they cut today? No, because I feel like he would have been cut last week if they knew that he was worse than Tyler Holinsky. Like I, you know, they wanted him to play because they, they're in the battle for the division, right? And they can still win it, obviously with Alex Smith coming back healthy this week. They needed him to win, and that's what you know supersedes sometimes personnel decisions. But it was very clear that he's not the guy, and they got rid of him. And, um, you know, it, it feels like this is more of a decision based off of off-the-field issues than on the field. Now, he's not been terribly great on the field either, but, you know, he's a first-round draft pick. Most of those guys at least get, you know, three, four, five, six, seven chances on their current team before they get released. So, not surprising. Um you know, hope he takes this as a uh, good wake-up call. And, you know, he'll be on a roster next year, but I don't know if he'll ever really be a starter again. The Kansas City Chiefs are 14-1. and They've won 10 consecutive games, most recently of which a 17-14 survival against the Atlanta Falcons on Sunday. Are you at all concerned about this team once they get to the postseason because they're winning, Jeff, but they're not winning big like we're used to seeing? Yeah, and you know this as well as I do. Seven straight games uh, they've not covered, right? Seven straight games under <laughs> six points uh, of a margin of victory. And here's what worries me about the Chiefs. Oh, yes, they're 14-1. and one. I, I get that. They're number one seed and, and whatnot. But if you look at last season, last season at the end of the year, they were ascending, right? They were blowing teams out. They won games 49, 23-3, 31-21. They beat still a good Patriots defense. Um, up in New England at the last month of the season. They were kind of going up. They were ascending. I feel like right now, especially if you look at, at the numbers, they're kind of descending. Their offense is not is kind of plateaued and gone worse, actually. Uh, defensively, they, they do enough to, to make things interesting. Um, but they're kind of descending right now. And I do worry that when you look at other teams across the AFC, the, the Buffalo Bills, for example, who play tonight, the Pittsburgh Steelers, the second half of that game, uh, we're seeing teams in that conference ascend a little bit. We're seeing the, the Green Bay Packers ascending right now. 
And the Chiefs really aren't in the thought processes, obviously. Oh, they could just turn on the playoffs. Okay, but they've had opportunities to do that in the regular season and haven't done it either. So I think it's tough just to say, hey, let's just turn it on. Remember, there's only been one back-to-back Super Bowl winner in the last 18, 20 years, right, which is the Patriots um, you know, in, in 03 and 04. It's really hard to win Super Bowls back-to-back years. And I'd be a little bit concerned if I was a Chiefs fan. They still have Pat Mahomes, so that's, you, know, <laughs> you always have that ace. But it's just it's not the same as last season. Talking to former NFL offensive lineman Jeff Schwartz. Jeff, you and I used to always debate back and forth about Josh Allen. I, I mostly just to screw around with you, would say I loved him and you, <laughs> you, you would get frustrated and we always had Josh Allen fights. But now Josh Allen looks to be better than even I would have assumed. And you're right, the Bills seem to be playing as well as anyone. How good is Josh Allen? And more importantly, is he the kind of guy that can take a team to the Super Bowl? Yes, Josh Allen has been historically great as far as his improvement from year two to year three. There's and, and the people, and I know you you would you know you joke with me about it, just kind of push my buttons. Uh, but the people that, that really thought they'd see this version of Josh Allen were just it was just thoughts and prayers because this ascension has not been done in NFL history. There's not been someone who was below average for two straight years, below replacement with the advanced numbers, and then in year three, really any point in his career became an MVP candidate. I mean, Josh Allen has played that well this season to where he'll be considered an, an, an MVP candidate. Now, can he win playoff games? Sure, but we got to kind of see it first. You know, like, I, I have, Bills have not won a playoff game in 25 years. I get it. Different team. But the Chiefs also didn't win a home playoff game for, like, 25 years. Like it, it, it becomes a thing. Like, you have to get over the stigma. They're going to be asked all week, not obviously this weekend, but next weekend, oh, can, can, you know, can they win? Can they win? Can they win? Can they win? And if they see Baltimore in, in the first round, I wouldn't want to play Baltimore right now. Like, that to me feels like the team that no one wants to play in the AFC. Well, um, enough, Matt, the, the two quarterbacks that I most debated last year. With <laughs> yeah, Lamar, I mean, those are your two guys, Josh right? Allen. Lamar and Josh Allen. Yeah. You, how do, what do you even do in that game? Uh, I, I root for a tie in a playoff game. Um, so, look, can they do it? Sure. But, look, I, I, it's – I was trying to think in my head, the Rams come to mind in 2018 of a team that kind of came out of nowhere and just went through the playoffs and won. The Niners a little bit, I guess, last year. It's just hard in your first year of being good to just run the table, especially when Kansas City's in your way. And so I just think, you know, take one playoff win at a time if you're a Buffalo fan and keep stacking them up and go to Kansas City and try to beat them in the AFC title game. You mentioned MVP candidates after what Aaron Rodgers did to the Tennessee Titans last night on Sunday Night Football in a standalone game in front of the entire world. Is the MVP award this season his to lose? Yeah, I think he's already won it. I mean, Pat Mahomes is not going to play this weekend. Uh, Andy Reid routinely rests his starters in Week 17 when um, when he has a, a division or a playoff spot secured. And so I wouldn't see Pat this weekend. And obviously the last we saw – and look, Pat Mahomes, it's really, it's really fun – his worst games are above average for quarterbacks. It's pretty remarkable. Until yesterday. Yesterday was the first game of his career where he played pretty bad. Um, it, he just missed throws, and he threw uh, interceptable passes that weren't picked off. I mean, it was, it was not good. So that was the last thought we've seen of him. Uh, and, again, his, even his bad games this year are above average like for quarterbacks. It's incredible. He's an incredible player. But Rodgers, you mentioned it, last night in the snow – carved up a tiny defense that's not good, but still a playoff team. 
Uh, and I think this weekend, too, he has to beat the Bears, right? And, and the Bears present a challenge a little bit on defense. So I think Rodgers is easily the MVP this year. Um, and look, no MVPs won the Super Bowl. So if you're a Chiefs fan or you're a Saints fan, maybe uh, it's, it's better that he, win this, that he win the MVP. It's Greeny on ESPN Radio. Matt Jones, Joe Fortenbaugh talking to Jeff Schwartz, host of the Jeff Schwartz is Smarter Than You podcast. I want to ask you, about the Cleveland Browns. That's another team that you and I have debated a lot, and Baker Mayfield <laughs> specifically. You know, that he's a guy who also looked like he was having a little bit of a redemption story this year, and then in a game that a lot is on the line. You can even still win the division when they kicked off. They lose to the Jets, a team that is almost trying to lose in some ways. Is it just another Browns collapse, another reason not to believe in Baker Mayfield, or do you think they can bounce back from that and still make some noise? Did we lose him? I guess we lost him. So I t- Well, that question I'll ask to you then, Joe. What was I mean, your I, position? What was your well, my position, position is they lost – listen, I, they lost four, you know, four wide receivers for that game, and that's a, that's a big deal. But at the same time, it's the Jets. And if it's the Jets, if you're going to do anything, if you're even going to matter a little bit in the playoffs, you've got to win. And now we've seen two, two teams back-to-back with the Rams and the Browns who all they need to do to make their playoff goals happen is beat the Jets. Both teams haven't done it. I can't help but think that that makes them, you know, just absolute chokers if you lose to the Jets when the playoffs are on the line. Much more challenging spot, I would say, for the Browns than the Rams. The Rams were double-digit favorites. They were at home. They weren't dealing with the COVID problem that Cleveland was dealing with. But let me throw another question your way. Baker Mayfield had three fumbles in yesterday's game, most notably at the end where they had the chance to get back in it. He's at the end of year three, which means he's eligible for a contract extension this offseason. If you're Cleveland, would you give him that big extension? I think he got to. I, I don't know. I mean, my question on all of these decisions about quarterbacks is, do I know I can get someone better? I mean, and at the end of the day, I don't think I know that. Plus, he is – unless things collapse, like really collapse, all the other four teams win and he and, and they lose, they're going to make the playoffs. And, I, you know, listen, that's a, that's a franchise that hasn't been to the playoffs in, in forever – you got to go back with him. But I will say this. I wouldn't be confident that I think he's going to be my quarterback in 10 years, but I don't know that you have another choice. I'd wait one more year because you you pick up the option. You have the fifth year, which means you have at least two seasons, and you also have the franchise tag under your belt. I'd wait one more year before I'd consider the idea of giving him between 35 and $40 million a year because that's when it's going to cost based on the current quarterback market. I'd want to see one more year out of Mayfield. So you think if he went on the open market, there is a franchise that would pay that? I think that's what they would have to pay. If you're going to give him that deal, that's what they would have to pay. Now, if he gets to the open market, he's probably going to have multiple suitors, so he could put himself in a situation where he gets three, four, say $35 million a year. Three out of 105 million. You get something like that. You get a Kirk Cousins type deal, I'd have to imagine, because he has progressed, but I think they still want to see more out of him. Yesterday was one of those days where he could have made the players around him better. That's what the all time greats do. Manning makes everyone around him better. Mayfield was in a tough spot. He was unable to pull the team through. That's all right. It happens, but the great ones make those around them better. And fourth and one, you can't fumble that ball. You just can't. No. I mean, you just no. can't. Even if it's your own guy hitting you, you just can't. 30 for 30 podcast now present March 11th, 2020. I'm sure you remember that day. It was a 
transformational one for the country. And this is a standalone documentary that tells the story of the day the NBA shut down and the pandemic became real for many Americans. It's told by those who lived the events of the day, and it's built entirely with exclusive interviews and footage, including with Rudy Gobert and Dr. Anthony Fauci. It's March 11th, 2020, tells the story of a day that started in one reality and ended in a new one. 30 for 30 podcast, March 11th, 2020. Subscribe and listen now wherever you get your podcast. Football was the big story all weekend, but I saw a better attraction, a bigger (laughs) attraction, an attraction that kept my eyes all the time. That's next on Greeny on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Sends it over to Durant. Catch and shoot three on its way and in. Toes the line. Shoots a three. Steph Curry is back. Curry is back. Luka Doncic willing Dallas back into game six. Shot from three is good. Jimmy Butler. Giannis in the open floor. He's stuffed with a right hand. Simmons gets around Ronda. Kyrie Irving. Kawhi Leonard three. A huge bucket for Hart. And I want my damn respect to the NBA is back. The NBA is back. I spent a lot of time on the weekend watching it and became fascinated by one man. It's Greeny on ESPN Radio, Matt Jones, Joe Fortenbaugh. And Greeny is presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who save with Progressive save over $750 on average. Joe, I watched a lot of a late game on Saturday night, Portland and Houston, mainly because it was a great game, went to double overtime, awesome uh, finish down the stretch. But James Harden, to me, is the most fascinating player right now in the NBA. The reason is, first of all, he causes all this drama. He goes and sees, I guess, a little baby, and you got all, all the, you're in Vegas, all this stuff. Then he comes on the court. For his first game, having practiced, what, twice leading up to it, he is out of shape, and I'm saying that to be nice, but but out of shape, and he comes out and he is unstoppable. He is just as unstoppable as he's been, maybe even more so because with his extra weight, he is even his when he goes to the basket, he's even harder to stop. Making step back threes, they ended up losing the game. But James Harden is a fascinating player. I don't know that there's anybody else like him that we've ever seen. I'm not sure you can win a title with him, but in terms of just watching a man play, I cannot take my eyes off James Harden, especially now with his sort of extra weight and the way he is just impossible to stop. Yeah, you can say whatever you want about Harden's relationship with the Houston Rockets, Harden's approach to this 2020-2021 season, Harden's contract. You can make any comments you want whatsoever. But when he steps out on the court, no matter what he looks like, no matter what's happened in the buildup, he comes to play. That is an unequivocal fact. In that game against Portland, which you talked about, we all saw him take the court. Maybe he did look a little bit out of shape. It's been an offseason of drama. 44 points, 17 assists, 
6 of 13 from deep. And perhaps the most important thing, 43 minutes he was on the court. Yes. In his opener, after a handful of practices, possibly not being in the best of shape, Matt, he played 43 minutes in that game. When he steps on that court, he comes to play. So we can say whatever we want about off-the-court stuff, but it's tough to deny what he does and who he is once he gets out there. I think the most interesting number you just said was 17 assists. Because if you don't watch him play, you assume, well, he's selfish. You assume he's a guy who who wants it all for him. But that's actually not the case. He makes dudes around him better. Now, he has to have the ball. You have to be cool watching him pound it into the ground. And for a lot of people, that's not fun to watch. But if you get past that... Every single player that plays with Harden, in my opinion, is better than if they don't play with him, especially the secondary guys, because he finds ways to make guys better. And isn't that what you want from your stars? A guy who's not only good, but makes the people around him better? I think Harden does that. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can check out Greeny live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Plus. Also, don't miss Greeny on Get Up, weekday mornings at 8 Eastern on ESPN. This is Greeny, the podcast.